Hi there, and welcome to this podcast, The Ramblings of a Paranormal Madman. I'm Paul Nunn, and before I get started, can I just say, first and foremost, thank you. It's great to have you here with me for this exciting moment. Exciting because this is my first solo podcast. Yes, I've done them before. Yes, I've done them with the Tappet guys, which have been incredibly successful. But this one is just me. Finally, finally did it. Months and months of me saying on social media that I'll be recording one. Um, not getting the chance to do it. But finally, at long, long last, from, from somewhere I found the time, not only to record this podcast for myself, but also for you guys as well. My amazing friends, my family, followers and fans, all of you that follow my Twitter, all of you that follow my Facebook and interact with me on all the other social media platforms. You guys are the reason I'm doing this, to be honest. So from bottom of my heart, thank you to each and every one of you. And, uh, you know, anyone else who has sort of accidentally stumbled over this podcast while searching through your browser, thank you for making this first edition so, so special for me. Help, you know, you know, regardless of content, you know, this could well turn out to be the worst podcast ever, but this is special to me and that's it. So thank you, all of you for tuning in and listening. So to introduce myself, for those of you that have sort of found yourselves lost here with no clue how you got here, and of course to anyone else that doesn't actually know me on a personal level, my name, as I said earlier, is Paul Nunn, and I'm a paranormal investigator in my in my spare time. Not a ghost hunter, uh, a paranormal investigator, and uh, I, do, I do believe that they are two completely separate things. And, uh, you know, who knows, perhaps that's something we can touch upon in, a, in another rambling. But hey, I do stress the spare time element of what I've just said, because what a lot of people don't realise is, sadly, I do not do this as a full-time job, even though, you know, if the opportunity was there and circumstances were correct, I would absolutely love to. Um, but I, I, I've got a full-time job, I've got an amazing family that I support, and uh, all of that combined does make it quite difficult, really, to do this. Um don't get me wrong, that's not an excuse for delaying a podcast by a few months and uh, sort of not uh, not being out there investigating every week. But hopefully it just gives you an idea to understand, you know, in, in this game it is a bit of a, uh, a juggling act in your life balance and that's something that uh, we, have to, uh, we have to deal with on a daily basis. So a little bit more about myself. I've worked with the Asheville Paranormal Investigation team since 2006, actually running the team since 2009. Still do. We're still out there doing uh, various investigations and uh, events and, and loads of other things. Absolutely love those guys. Um, but in addition to that, I'm uh, sort of working independently, doing what I love. And in doing so, I've really had the chance to work with some, I've got to say, some amazing teams. And I've met some truly great people along the way as well. So what's this podcast about, you ask? Well, in a nutshell, anything really. Um, <laughs> you know, ideally, I'd like to keep it on a paranormal subject and um, you know all things paranormal related but I do have the ability to waffle on so uh, quite often you know in my head I can venture off on a whole different tangent so please bear with me is all I can say but um, I, I guess ultimately what I'm hoping for down the line you know and for future podcasts you know if I'm lucky enough to get that far is the ability to discuss things that you guys want me to talk about or you know to even answer the questions that you guys may have and um, you know, in time, I hope to be able to bring a few guests on. You know, discuss a few ver- various topics, discuss stories, 
and um, you know why not this this is my first attempt we'll just have to see how this one goes down the line it's always gonna be a difficult one the first one you know you've got a minimal fan base and uh, you know looking on Facebook Twitter things like that a lot of people I know um, you know previous clients family friends um, but this is where it all begins so you know let's uh, let's see how it goes You know, the, the, the first thing about doing a, um, a podcast, you know, especially the first edition is is what to talk to you guys about. Um, you know, if you was being interviewed or whatever, it's different because you can sort of respond to the, to the questions that's put in front of you. As this is a solo podcast, and as I say, it is my first one, finding a sort of subject or a topic to talk to you about is, uh, it really did prove difficult. Um, honestly, I've, I've racked my brains there are so many things I've wanted to talk about, um, but as it's the first edition, it kind of felt a little bit wrong to go straight into these things, and so you know I thought break uh, break into it slowly. So whether it's a good idea or not, I, I honestly don't know. It could be the worst idea ever. But uh, what I kind of thought was that you know a lot of people, as I said, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and whatever. Um, I I basically you know said I was going to do this podcast and literally threw it open to you guys to to you know to message me to tweet me to email me whatever um, with sort of questions topics um, that uh, you'd you'd want me to discuss and uh, hopefully then from from then on we can we can build on it going forward and hopefully give you the podcast that you know the podcast content shall I say that uh, that you want to hear. And, uh, and that you've, you've asked for. So what I figured would be really cool is to literally, I've left all those messages on red, so you know, I'm gonna just pick some at random and uh, yeah, try and respond on the spot to whatever it is that you've asked. Like I say, whether that's a great idea or not, I don't know, but for a first edition, I, I really didn't know where to start. So why not just jump straight into it? What I will say though, before I do get started properly, um, is that you know, in this day and age, what people say can be interpreted as you know something that it's not. Um, I'm not quite sure how to word a disclaimer as such, but what I'm trying to say is that anything I say in this podcast or on other podcasts I'm on, or you know, ultimately further podcasts down the line, is this is me this is my opinion you know this is you know it's not necessarily proven fact it's not necessarily scientific fact it's not it's not to be taken as gospel shall we say um you know if i was to say that on my desk now as i'm looking there's a blue pen you know great I'm telling you it's a blue pen, but what I don't want the audience you know, for you guys to do is go away and say, well, actually, that Paul guy on that podcast, he told me it was blue, so therefore it's got to be correct. What I'm trying to say is everybody, I encourage, especially with paranormal work, I encourage everybody to make up their own minds. Um, you know, we stress this when we're on visual, especially when we're taking you know, members of the public around on, on um, you know, locations with us. We're, we're, we're there to advise, we're there to give you our opinion and uh, what I don't want this podcast to do is become a platform because somebody thinks that I've said something and therefore it has to be, it has to be true. You know, it's, it's probably far from it. Um, all I can do and all I want to do with this podcast is 
answer things as honestly as I can based on my own beliefs, my own understanding, my own experiences, you know, and things that I've heard myself, um, you know, all I'm trying to say is, you know, you could completely agree 100% with everything I'm saying, you could disagree 100% with everything I'm saying, that's the idea of, that's what I like about the paranormal, well, any opinion in general doesn't have to be paranormal, it could be, you know, your favourite sports team or your political preferences or your religious preferences, I'm of the opinion that everybody is entitled to their own opinion, that's what makes us human, Um, you know, we've all got our own beliefs, we've all got our own thoughts on things, so please, what I'm trying to say is, if I say something is blue, make up your own mind, you know, I'm not going to sway your opinion either way, it's just me giving my experience, my own my own views on things, and therefore please don't take it the wrong way, the right way, whatever, I'm not trying to be controversial, I'm not trying to, um, you know, sway anybody in any way, shape or form, I'm just trying to stress it is my opinion and my opinion only, and you know, just because I work with the, the, the Tappet guys, you know, the paranormal team, just because I might say something isn't paranormal, doesn't mean that they don't believe it is, um, you know, it, it's it's such a it's such a difficult thing to do. I'm just trying to say, look, don't take it as as fact. Um, make up your own minds. Be open-minded about everybody. Be respectful to everybody. You know, I may get guests on this in in, in two or three episodes time that will have a a real strong opinion about something. But as an audience, all I'm asking you to do is is be respectful of that opinion. You know, I don't want emails saying, well, you've done this, or, you know, you're wrong about that. I might well be, you know, hands up now. I could, everything I could give you an answer or an opinion on, I could be completely wrong. Who knows, you know, paranormal, science has explained so much of it. There's still so much of it that's, that's, that's unexplained. And at the end of the day, my personal experiences, you cannot tell me was wrong because you weren't there. So I'm answering everything as honestly as I can without trying to be biased in any particular favour. It is just my opinion. So I just want to get that out there straight away. So let's jump into it. Um, First things first, like I say, I'm just waiting for my emails and my Twitter to load up. Um, But while I'm waiting for that, let's just, you know, there's two elephants in the room straight away. As soon as you start talking to anybody about what you do, oh, I'm a paranormal investigator, they always ask two questions. Um, anybody that's tweeted me or emailed me asking me these questions, then I'm not going to answer them. It's just a generic, generic questions that everybody asks you. Um, the first thing, straight out of the block, here we go. The first thing you mention to anybody, you're a paranormal investigator, what do they say? The first thing, absolutely first thing, well, have you ever seen a ghost? Everybody asks that question. So we might as well answer it in a generic question straight out of the blocks. No, I haven't. Not to disappoint anybody, um, you know, but plain and simple, the answer to that question, have you ever seen a ghost, would be no. You know, that's it. End of. However, you know, word that question differently and ask me, you know, have I ever seen anything I can't explain? Then the answer would be yes. Have I ever experienced anything that, you know, makes makes you question your rational thought? Yes, absolutely. Have I ever been astonished, you know, beyond beyond words? You know, words cannot actually describe what you've witnessed. 
Yeah, absolutely. Happens lots and lots of times. But have I ever seen that hooded figure, that white lady, that typical spectre? No, I haven't. Let's just put that one out there straight away. So many things I can't explain over 15 years. But have I seen that definitive ghost? No. There you go. Moving on. Second question, one that, you know, but actually, no, going back to that, you know, this is episode one. I'm not going to come out and say, yeah, I've seen a ghost because I haven't. But take all those other different questions you could have asked about things not being explained, what you've experienced, rational thought, whatever else. Yeah, it opens up a minefield. And, you know, this is episode one. So we'll delve into those more as as we go on. Second question, you know, again, almost certainly, as soon as you say to someone what you do, they always ask this one, do you ever get scared? You know, think about it. If someone comes up to you and says, oh, I'm a paranormal investigator. Do you ever get scared? It's just one of those questions everybody will ask you. And, you know, I've, I've thought about this one a lot. Um, I've been doing... Like I say, I've been doing this for 15 years now and, you know, in 15 years, I think I've only ever been scared once. Um, I mean, again, that's something I'm going to come back to hopefully on a later episode. Um, But, you know, don't get me wrong, you get nervous every time, you know, no matter how much of a hardened investigator you are, you know, you, you get the butterflies. Not every time, granted, perhaps, um, but it's, it's there, it's almost there, there and thereabouts every time. You know, you you're in a you're in a you're in a dark place. You're in a reputedly haunted building. You're gonna get nervous. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, but there's other feelings that go with it as well. There's the excited feeling. You know, you, you, the apprehension. Things are gonna happen. Um, adrenaline takes over when things do start to go down, and and they are simply the best feelings. They they really are. Um, but scared, just that once. I'm afraid. And uh, all the other times, it has been, like I say, things like nerves and whatever else. But actually being scared, yep, just the once. I will promise to come back to that one at another point. Um, it's a story that I think um, you need to know me more. And I'll probably need to get get to know you guys more before I sort of delve into that one. Um, but what I do like to do when I get asked that question, do you, know, do you get scared, is I always like to answer that with my own question. And, and, and that question is, well, why be scared? Why be scared anyway? You know, at, at the end of the day, I've chosen to spend my time in that dark place, you know, at an apparent haunted location. I'm there, I'm investigating, I'm calling out, asking for things to happen. So why be scared? At the end of the day, we're asking for these things to happen. So why be scared of it? You know, you're you're encouraging it, you're hoping it's gonna, ha- gonna happen. So my question is, why be scared? You know, just enjoy the experience. And, and my only advice to people that, you know, come on events with me or with the team or, or you know, you, you go on your own events somewhere or your own, um, you know, investigations is the only advice is enjoy it. You know, be thankful of, of anything that happens, you know, any interaction you get, just be grateful because at the end of the day, we say this on locations, you know, spirit is not there to perform circus tricks. You know, they're not there to be performing monkeys, as we say. They're there simply to communicate in whatever way that is, you know, whether it be knocking something, tapping something, affecting somebody, appearing to them. They're doing that the only way they can. And they've chosen you and that opportune moment to communicate with you in whatever way they found able to do, whether it be, you know, moving a glass, tipping a table, 
just enjoy it enjoy the interaction and don't be scared you're all there to experience it so when you get in a situation where an experience is happening don't be scared why be scared that's what you're there for um just embrace it is my only advice So there you have it. That's just a couple of generic questions that we as, as paranormal investigators get asked all the time. Pretty sure any any paranormal group there who's sort of listening or is out there in, in, in general will tell you that that is the questions they get asked all the time. Don't ever see that changing. Um, hopefully our responses in, in years to come could change if, if, if things become different. But uh, it's it's one of those things we're always going to be asked them. So I just wanted to get them done and out of the way. So as I said, I'm going to sort of throw it open to Twitter and Facebook, really, and emails. Um, pick up a couple of questions at random or a couple of topics that you guys have sort of emailed me about. So what I'm going to do, let's get straight into Twitter. I think it's all online. Here we go. Um, and yeah, the first one, Kate in Corris, which is in Wales. Uh, thank you for your message, Kate. Um, you've asked... Seeing that so many events groups are out there now, is it difficult to carry out a small investigation still? Um, she then goes on to add um, that she's read some comments on an online forum where groups have been complaining about events companies as all venues now seem to be putting up prices for hire and do I think they are to blame? Um, <laughs> that's a great one, Kate. For the for a first question of the series, uh, that is a great one. Um it's difficult to be honest um look yes i do agree with some of that don't get me wrong um the fact is that yes locations sadly they are putting up high costs it's a fact um i'm not going to name names but i've got a few examples of it um, i mean one location i know of you know we, we hired it as recently as two three years ago and um, at the time it was 150 pound which for a team of six as we are now 25 pounds each was was really manageable you know you, you can't go out for a for a meal and a beer anymore for less than 25 pound per person so you know 150 quid split between six of us it was reasonable um and you know we had the pleasure of hiring the location on a couple of occasions and um you know we, we managed to do a lot of research and our own events and things from there um you know great great location haven't been there for a couple of years like i said and um, basically, I just before the pandemic hit, sort of early, early end of well, end of February, early March, I dropped them a quick email. Said, "Look, we're you know we're we're still out there. We're still we're still doing what we do, and we'd love to come back, continue our research at your location." Um, the reply I got was was very positive. You know, good to hear from you, Paul. Blah 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 blah. All the pleasantries. Um, until I read further, where the price now. Uh, and I quote, from 8pm until 1am, which is a five-hour window, is now in the region of £750. So that is £600 more in, let's say, three years. That is ridiculous. Um, what was perhaps more astonishing is reading the small print that should we arrive early or should we leave late will be charged £75 per hour that we're there uh, on top of two wages of, of, of the two two members of staff, basically, that have to be in attendance. So, 
yeah, if we was looking at hiring that from eight till three or eight till four as we used to do, it would be costing us in the region of a thousand pounds. I have no words. I cannot put words that are going to describe how I felt when I read that email. Despite the fact that, you know, they've listed, you know, the events that we've done with them previously and the works that we've done for them and, you know, given up our time to do events for them that's not necessarily to do with the paranormal. I've attended there on a couple of occasions just to talk to people about things. Um, yeah, a thousand pounds. Of course, I declined the offer. Um, I couldn't even reply in any context. I just literally put, thank you for your email. And I think I left it at that. I've never made contact with them since. They've certainly not made contact with me. I just can't bring myself to give a response other than, wow, what else can I say? So I did a bit of digging. I did a little bit of digging recently, actually, um, sort of boredom, lockdown, kicking in, sitting at home, not doing a lot. Uh, And yeah, basically since our last visit to that venue, they have been hired by um, a TV show. Um, long and short of it Uh, they've also been running paranormal events from there there's been at least one two three events companies to my knowledge that have hired the location some of them several times because it does appear as our events are running from there almost weekly Um, so do I blame the events companies for that one I've got to say yeah I I do Um, it's, it's a difficult one like I said though because yeah, do I think that events companies are having an impact on prices? Yes, I do. But you've also got to see it from the other side of things. You've got to, as I said in, in the sort of disclaimer, if you want to call it earlier, I'll only give my opinion based on what, what experience have I've had. So, yes, up front, I'm going to say I do believe events companies and TV shows certainly have a lot of impact on how prices are increasing. But look at it from the other side. You know, I work for a business that, you know, we provide a service to the public. All our prices, whether it be labour prices, product prices, they're all they're all influenced by other things. So look at it from a locations point of view. If you've got that old that old castle or you've got that old manor house, you as a location have now got costs that you need to to cover as well. You've got your upkeep costs, you've got you know, wages that are going up, you've got insurance costs, you know, you've got repair costs to the building, health and safety, electric, you know, utilities, all prices are going up. So in that respect, the location doesn't have a choice. They've got no choice but to put the prices up. As we haven't for a business, our labour costs are going to increase because prices have gone up. So you really have to be careful. You, You can't blame paranormal events companies and TV shows and other paranormal investigation teams. You can't blame those people for prices going up in every instance because there is so many other factors that can cause prices to increase. So, you know, do I think that a lot of locations are jumping on the bandwagon? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. That one in particular. You know, if they've they've got the, you know, they're in a, a, a market to make money, they've got a product that they're selling, such as the paranormal location every events company is going to want to hire that location to be able to put on their own sort of shows their own their own tours their own events so 
why not? Why not? Why shouldn't the location put their prices up? I would if it was my business. So I can't blame event companies or TV shows for that. That's down to the location. So have they jumped on the bandwagon a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. But what we have to be careful of is just think that all these locations have their own costs. So you can't blame one group of people for prices going up. It's, it's, it's sadly a sign of the times. Everyone's prices are going up. Cost of living's going up. Everything's going up. So naturally, locations are going to increase their prices. In some instances, if it's a £50 increase or a £100 increase, yeah, I can say that's a genuine. The prices have had to go up. But in this one, the, the, the example I've used where it's over £600, £700 increase, yeah, they're sort of taking the proverbial a little bit and certainly jumping on the bandwagon. But it's it's so difficult. Not every location is doing the same. I do know some that, like I say, have only put a very small increase on and they have explained that's due to upkeep costs. So it's probably as... as uh, it's probably as much of one as it is the other. So I can't, to answer your question, no, I can't blame events companies for the increasing costs. I can in some instances, but there's so many other factors that we need to take into account, sadly. Um, but look at it Look at it on the flip side, you know. When I first started doing this, we could go to our local pub, a local theatre, with a camera and say, look, we want to come in and spend the night here. They'd be like, yep, yeah, brilliant, you know, happy days, fill, you know, here's a key, fill your boots. That's not happening anymore. You know, free locations are still out there, but they're few and far between. Um, so, is it a good? Look at it. Look at it from this point of view. It could be a good thing. It could generally be a good thing that prices are increasing, because there is so many ghost hunters out there now. There are so many paranormal teams out there, for want of a better word. And if you've got to commit to a higher cost to hire these locations. I, I can only see that as being a good thing because, you know, all the people out there that do it as a bit of a, a laugh, you know, people out there just to film, I know people that do it, just film YouTube videos and, you know, don't actually necessarily take it seriously. Hopefully, if prices are increasing, that will deter people like that from actually doing that, you know, and that should then theoretically pave the way for, for people such as ourselves that want to do the private research and want to do a couple of events a year that hopefully without those people saturating the market shall we say i can only think it's a good thing in some respects you know that's going to get rid of these sort sort of people and 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 sort of leave the the door open to to the more hardened more seasoned teams i don't know what do you guys think you know let me know um you know, feel free to tweet me, drop me an email. What What do you guys think? Are you running a team yourself? Are you finding, you know, prices manageable still, increasing still? Um, but I do think we've got to be careful. We, we, we could blame, in some instances, yeah, I think there is an element of blame there. There's also the the, 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 the factors that the, the location themselves have got costs to incur. So, yeah, it, you can't put the blame or the reason on any particular shoulders. It's just something that we have to sort of factor in going going forward sadly and I can't see that changing it's not going to be regulated or anything anytime soon Um, so yeah there you go do I think locations should though consider small teams such as tap it with a team of six yeah why not I I can't see why they can't Um, you know if if you know that comfortably you can sell a location for a thousand pound but you've got some dates where nobody wants it why not offer it to a smaller team on a smaller package you know, there's food for thought. It's all I can say. So, yeah, I, I can't blame anybody, Kate. That's that's the bottom line. 
I know that's not really, it has sort of answered your question, but I do ramble on, but I do sit on the fence with that. I see it from both sides. Next one. Um, Kate, thanks for that. Next one. Um, I'll stay on Twitter. No, I'll go to, now nah, let's stay on Twitter or on Twitter. Um, second question. This is from a chap called, well, I'm assuming it's a chap looking at your name. Hockey Habs fella on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I recognize that name. Um, Habs, I assume you mean the Montreal Canadiens. And if that is true, then all I can do is say is well done, sir. I absolutely love that team. Uh, honestly, those that know anything about me, hockey is, uh, is my life and has been since the age of 12, sort of learning to play and skate and eventually signing with a team and uh, yeah I've given up so much of my life to ice hockey and uh, you know even at the age of 40 having a few uh, a few years out due to injury honestly it's been it's been awful not being involved in the game but uh, who knows you know I may well get the kit out of the loft one day and get back on the ice but uh, the Habs I think are uh, <laughs> it's been stressful enough over the years watching them so um, who knows on that one but anyway back to your question um, you've asked, what do I think of mediums and can they really communicate with the dead? Question mark. Um, that's another great question, mate. Honestly, it is. Um, again, I can only answer honestly from my own experience. And that would be that, I mean, the, some of these people are absolutely great people. They, they really are. Um, I know a couple of people and I still do work with a couple of, couple of people on occasion. Uh, who practice mediumship and all I can say is I still work with them if that gives you an idea of how I feel and you know there, there, there's lots of mediums out there but I only work with with a couple so yeah read into that what you will I trust those people so you know take that as you will um, I mean don't get me wrong there's there's a lot of mediums out there and so-called mediums and don't I don't mind saying it that there is some absolute clowns out there as well I mean again experience I've witnessed it people who claim to be medium and they talk to spirit but in truth they don't I mean <laughs> there is some genuine genuine people out there there really is but I did attend again I'm not naming names I'm not not in the in the business of naming and shaming certainly certainly not yet um but I'd attended a medium, uh, had a one medium that wanted to work with me and uh, invited me along to a, a medium night that they was doing. So, yeah, you know, I, I went along and, um, you know, yeah, on, on face value, give them the due. You know, it, it was an interesting night. Um, you know, there was five or six sort of people that he picked uh, from the audience and I just said he, so that's not giving it away any more than that. But... Um, yeah, five or six people that, you know, got a reading and someone was there and, and Spirit had apparently come through for those people and seemingly the, the information he was giving was correct. Um, but I thought, you know, there's got to be more to it than this. So, I, you know, after talking to, the, to them after, um, found that, you know, another couple of weeks down the line there was going to be a second medium night at a, second, a different location. So I thought, well, you know, I'll benefit the doubt. I'll go along to that one. Um yeah what can i say again five or six spirits shall we say that came through um but you know i thought after the third person i recognize that person i'm sure they was at the event from the the one before didn't read too much into it at that point but thought you know what this story is a little bit similar so you know the alarm bell started ringing so they did three nights long story short is and i attended the third night which again was a couple of weeks later and um yeah guess what five or six people in the audience were the same five to six people in the audience 
and they had the same messages. So, yeah, again, read, in, read into that what, what, what you will. Um, but yeah, the same five or six people on every event and getting the same reading, that's not a coincidence. That's, that's phony. That is, I, I can't say anything else. What else can I say? You was caught red-handed. And um, yeah, confronted them about it. And yeah, to my knowledge, this person no longer carries out medium nights. Um, you'll be pleased to hear. Um, but it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, come on, you know, talk about taking advantage of people. You know, three nights, at least 50 people there on every occasion and the same five or six people being picked out every night. It's just wrong. It's out of order. Um, I can't say any more than that. Simple as, it's, it's, it's disgusting, it's pathetic. Um, but, like I say, luckily, um, to my knowledge, they've not done anything similar since. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't say any more on that. If, I, if However, if I do see that person <laughs> that's um, doing it again, I will be sure to attend um, just to sort of see um, what's, what's still going on. And then, who knows, we could perhaps potentially take that further. Um, but, no, go, I've gone off subject, I know. Um, going back to people... Um, and do I think they have this ability? Look, I surround myself with just a couple of people, like I said, and I trust these people constantly. You know, they, they give me accurate information about locations. They give me information about, you know, the family that lived there. They give me dates. They give me facts. They give me, you know, names, dates in history, all that can be verified. Um, and I think what makes it more impressive for these particular people that I'm talking about is you know, in most instances, well, in 99% of the instances, they don't even know where they're going. It's literally, it's literally a case of I pick them up on the night and say, right, we're going to a location. They go, okay, and we turn up, and they can still give me information relevant, proved and relevant to that location. So for me, how how is that not impressive? That is, that is incredible. Um, you know, like I say, I still work with these people, so that that says everything. So, do I think they have a gift? Yeah, of course they do. They, they, there's got to be something in it, you know. That's certain. Are they talking to the dead? Look, who knows? I don't think that's something we can ever prove 100% fact, but they're certainly getting their information from somewhere. You know, I'm not going to go on record and say, God, yeah, they're talking to the dead. Um, but where are they getting that information from? They're they have no knowledge of where they're going, why they're there. Well, they know why they're there, but they have no no, located, no clue of where they're going, what they're doing. You know, people that's been there, unless they're a walking encyclopedia, they cannot know the information of, of where they're going. If it's somewhere famous, well-known in the local area, possibly they could take a guess. But if it's Auntie Flo's house or, you know, the shop around the corner or, you know, a theatre that's 150 miles away how can they know that information they have got to be getting that information from somewhere where they're getting it from i don't know i'm not going to go on record and say it's from the dead but you know their information is a hundred percent accurate so we've just got to believe and trust what they're telling us so you know the mediums i've worked with all know that i do try and catch them out as well and these guys who i work with now they've never failed the test so <laughs> there's got to be something in it somewhere there just has to be but uh, hopefully that helps, Habs fella. Um, let's move on. 
couple of people on emails, really quick ones, favorite ever location. This is sent in by Andrew Lee. For me, it's simple. There's two locations in, in, in the UK that I would absolutely go there every day because they are brilliant. Um, the first one, I can't actually mention the name. It's a small private owned manor house in Cumbria. Um, I've done three investigations there and by far they have been the most active I have ever, on record, ever experienced. They are, they were phenomenal. Um, absolutely brilliant place. If I was going to say a, a place was haunted, I would say that place is. Um, it, it's, it's fantastic and hopefully I'll have more stories from, from that venue as, as podcasts go on. The second one, really quickly, Woodchester Mansion in Gloucestershire. Again, a brilliant, brilliant location. Absolutely incredible location as well. And if you ever get the chance to go there, even in the daytime, it's foreboding. It really is. Um, great, great locations. Okay, next one. Um, just looking at emails and oh, wow, honestly, I've actually got more messages from you guys than what I actually thought. Jeez. <laughs> Feeling love, honestly. Absolutely. Thank you so much to all of you for sending it. I didn't realize I'd got so many. Simply overwhelming. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I cannot say that enough. Um, wow. Wow definitely feeling the love um unfortunately i'm not going to get around to all of you on this 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 one episode um so it certainly looks like the uh, there's going to be more things we can discuss but just sort of scanning scanning through the emails a lot of people seem to be asking me the same question so what i'm going to do is just quickly filter through a couple of the titles um and yeah let's let's finish on this one um orbs is is four letter word orbs all these questions there's various questions about orbs but the long and short of it is you all want to know what my opinion is on them um now this is going to be a controversial one uh, i know it is um but yeah let's let's just let's just get on with it Everyone has their opinions on them. You know, orbs are what they are, and on face value, they are one of the most fascinating phenomena that we encounter on an investigation. They they look impressive when you cap- capture them on camera. You know, you capture them on film, and they just sort of ghost across the screen. They look fantastic. They really do. And for, you know, someone from an outside point of view, they are brilliant. They are something we never get tired of looking at um but everybody's got their opinions on them myself included so i'm gonna start off by saying that boffins in science have discounted them this it's it's been discounted it's been proven to be a natural phenomena whilst mediums ghost hunters out there will tell you they're orbs and spirit science has explained them otherwise um but as i said earlier you know be respectful of everybody's opinion Everybody is entitled to their own stance on what and what they have to say. And uh, let's be honest, orbs are a subject that's been talked about. They've been debated about for years, and I'm sure that that's going to continue for many, many years to come. There's going to be people who discount them. There's going to be people that tell you there's something else. It's a fascinating subject. Absolutely amazes me. It really does. Um, but sadly, it is a subject that it's going to go on and on and on 
and on. And I could probably do a podcast episode 1000. I'm not sure I'm going to last that long. Um, but I think we'll still be debating them then. So that's that's where I, I don't see there ever being a, a conclusive end to it. Um, but from my point of view, look, for me, this, for me, orbs for me are easily one of the most explained phenomena that you'll come across in any paranormal investigation. You know, when discussing orbs, there's so many different elements and so many other factors that have to be considered. You have to. It's an absolute must that you consider every fact that can contribute to an orb. I mean, first, what, you know, first and foremost is dust, you know easily one of the most common factors when you look at an orb is dust you know the vast majority of orbs captured on film or photo at the end of the day dust is a natural particle you know it can be formed from dead skin cells it can be formed from dirt building insulation dead insects mites hair pollen you know the list is endless and and let's be honest i there's new things get added to that list all the time you know all those particles, they're out there, light reflects off the particle, you capture the reflection on film, ping, there you go, you have an orb on camera. Most paranormal investigations the ghost hunts are carried out at night, so you have lots of light sources that, you know, not just a natural light, you know, your camera has a light, you know, you're using flashes, you're losing, using torches, using infrared lights and light extensions for video cameras, there's moonlight, you know even fixed lights in the room such as exit signs which have to be legally you know illuminated they all give off enough light to cause a reflection and you know cameras nowadays they are so good brilliant machines they will pick up every single light reflection it can so you know for me an orb most of the time and I do stress most of the time in my opinion you can attribute that to dust like I say, light reflection happens. It can happen anytime with it, with any light. So any image that's captured, even in daytime, you know, it can cause a reflection of dust. And if your camera is good enough, it's going to ping that up as an orb when you look back at that picture. It's it, it, it's one of those things. It's a fact. It happens. You know, it's science. It's there. It's proven. You know. <laughs> natural response to that from people who show me all pictures is well I can assure you Paul there was there was no dust well you can't prove that to me you know as an investigator you know dust you can't see dust particles to the naked eye you know you can easily say to me well Paul I can assure you there was no dust but but can you you know just by taking that photo you've moved some dust particles as you've walked into the room you know the particles on your clothing on your hair on your equipment are you carrying a bag? <laughs> you know, all those things are going to have a dust particle of some sort on them. So it can be the most sterile, non-dusty place ever. But as soon as you walk in there, you disturb that airflow. Being that, 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 that those particles are released, you know. So for me, dust is by far your biggest culprit for orbs. But you know, other people come to me and say, "Well, the whole, you know, that orb's, you know, quite clear, quite, quite, quite see-through." Um, but why don't you look at this one, Paul? This is a, a solid, a solid light. Well, yeah, great. It, yeah, it happens again. You think about how the light reflects. You know, the angle of the light. You know, what's causing the reflection. It, it will all show different on your camera. You know, 
physics tells us something called backscattering, you know, which is basically a phenomenon that creates orbs in, in photography. It's a, it's a diffused reflection of waves, signals and particles travelling back on itself, you know, from the direction it came. So that phenomenon can, can occur, you know, as with dust. It's, it's, it's a proven thing out there. So most orb instances are going to be attributed to one of those two things. But look at other factors that can contribute. Insects, you know, especially sort of late, you know, late spring, you know, early winter. Insects are everywhere. You know, they, they rarely are. Um, and again, the slightest thing, you know, thing passing, passing by your camera, the light will reflect off it. You know, you turn on a bedroom light at, at night with all your windows open. What happens? Every bug in the bloody garden is attracted to your light. And that's the same. In a, in a paranormal investigation, complete darkness, lights off, you've got any form of light source, the bugs are going to be attracted to it. You know? And again, they're going to show up on camera. Perhaps, you know, on video they may appear a little bit more gracious. You know, they look like they're going to sort of be floating past the camera. You know, they may have a little bit of a trail after them. But that's because they're moving so quickly in flight and the light's reflecting back on it it gives the appearance that it's got a trail following it so again insects could be could be a contributing factor your equipment has your equipment been checked and maintained you know is there a fingerprint on your screen you know is there a speck of dirt on the lens that you've just used you know if you can show me that lens is in perfect clear condition it still doesn't mean it's paranormal you know think back to what we just said about dust and insects and how easily those particles from dust are moved around it's not going to be perfectly clear. Your lens, there's going to be some form of contamination on every photo. That's my point. Water vapor, you know, moisture, is that causing your orb? You know, a learned friend of mine tells you that if you see water vapor, it can appear in different colors. So when you have that orb that's yellow or the orb that's green, water vapor can be in different shapes and colors. Have you never seen a rainbow? Exactly. So, you know, people, everybody will argue orbs as, as, as something, but there is so many factors that it could be, as I've just discussed. I mean, on top of all that, you know, you've got, you've got your, the, the human brain, you know. People have said to me, well, Paul, look, there's a face in this orb. Oh, yeah, on face value, I look at that picture and, yeah, you can, you can sort of see, you know, a couple of eyes, a nose, but then... You think about your brain and how how your brain's working. I mean, don't get me wrong, those pictures can be pretty freaky to look at, but I encourage you just to take a step back and process the information that your brain's receiving. You know, and this, I don't know if I pronounced this right, but there's something called paridelia or pareidolia, um, which is basically where the brain has a tendency to incorrect, you know, to incorrectly perceive what it's looking at. You know, it it can it, it, your brain will try and form what it's seeing into something that you can recognize i mean how many how many of you have sat back you know i used to do it as a kid sit back on your back you know lie back in the in the summer look at the clouds and you can see faces you can see shapes you know you can see patterns in the clouds but are you actually seeing that or is that just how your brain is processing the information you know your brain is picking up that that's two dots on a, a line could be a nose but your brain's interpreting that information the way it can and you know is that coming into play when you're looking at these photos and 
you know is that translating what you're seeing into something that it's not and then on top of that you know you've got your own imagination you've took that photo in a haunted location so why not all those things added up your brain is going to think it's something when your imagination then takes over it could quite easily be that lady's face in the picture that you're looking at but is it really think about all those things that come into play when you're talking about orbs and as i say it's a subject that's been debated for years to come it's it's gonna always be debated now to give you a definitive do i think orbs are something i do honestly sit on the fence i mean science and physics I've almost certainly disproved orbs probably 99.9% chance uh, of the chance of the, the times they've been dis- they've been discounted um, and sadly that's where science and physics come into play but you know what if you know I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket and say that I don't know it's difficult if I was going to say you know I've got to make a decision either way I would certainly go on the on the side of science. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'd have to leave it. If, if someone had to put me on the line and say, Paul, orbs, science or paranormal, I would almost certainly go science because there is too many factors out there that can affect a photo, give the impression of an orb, and all of it is explained, you know, in science with dust, insects, equipment malfunctions, your own brain, your own imagination. But taking all that on board does that mean that all orbs in photography or video can't be paranormal no despite everything i've just said no we can't guarantee even with science 100 that if there's a one percent chance that an orb was paranormal what if that is all i can say what if and i quote you know on the tappet website and and when I'm talking to people, I quote A. Lang from way back in 1897 when he, and I quote, he said, science admits if asked that it does not know everything. I'll leave that there. So for me, orbs, yeah, almost certainly on the side of science, but there's just that one chance, that 1% chance, what if? What if science doesn't know everything? I'm going to leave that there. So thank you for this, the first edition of my podcast. We are now done. I just want to say really quickly, thank you to all of you who've listened, um, to all of you that reached out to me, and hopefully all of you that will reach out to me going forward. All I can say, hand on heart, is thank you. Um, And in closing, remember folks, you can follow me, contact me wherever via a host of platforms. Twitter and Facebook are the popular ones. Um, Just search for me at Nunny Official and Facebook by searching Paul Non Paranormal Investigator. Uh, Obviously, I use various other sites such as Snapchat, Instagram. Um, Yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere. And if you do want to email me, it's nunnyofficial at outlook.com. And if it's Tappet related, simply search for the Asheville Paranormal Investigation Team or take a look at the website www.tappetcrew.info. That's it. I've made it. First podcast is done. It's done. It's recorded. Um, All I need to do now is figure out how to get this thing online. Thank you, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, episode two won't be so long away. Um, But until then, stay safe, guys, and I'll see you soon.